That didn't take long. Nine games played, two teams had eight wins and only one loss. The 2022 World Series is set. Phils and Astros, who are you taking? Welcome to In the Bullpen with Mark Dewey, sponsored by Developing Contenders Ministries. You're listening to the Fight Lab Feast Network. Thank you for joining us. And look who's coming up. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! I think very few people are surprised. Many might be disappointed. But I think very few people are surprised that the Houston Astros are representing the American League in the World Series. I think very few people are surprised as to how they have dominated so far this postseason, going 7-0. But very few people could have or did predict that it would be the Philadelphia Phillies as the National League team to face off in the World Series. Phillies fans undoubtedly hoped for it, wanted it, but very, very few people predicted it. But yesterday, both teams, the Phillies and the Astros, clinched their respective league championship series. The first game of the day was Phillies versus Padres. Phillies were up in that series three games to one. In Philadelphia, a win sends them to the World Series. A loss sends them to San Diego to continue the National League Championship Series. Well, they didn't have to go anywhere. It stayed right in Philadelphia. Nola. Suarez fires. Pop fly. Right field. Segura's out. Castellanos on. And the Philadelphia Phillies are going to the World Series. So that stadium was rocking as the Phillies clinch, as the Phillies, who were the final team to make the postseason in the National League, are the final team in the National League still standing. Now, something that I've seen a lot during this postseason that I like a lot is the camera shot with the audio from what's going on in the stadium that comes, it looks to me like, from the the camera well in either the first base or third base dugout. And what you have here is you have a picture and audio as if you're sitting in the ballpark. There is no play-by-play from the broadcasts. Now, some people like listening to the play-by-play. Some people get disgusted listening to it. But even if you like listening to the play-by-play on television or radio, I think these shots are outstanding. Where you get to see, most often, the hitter almost always hitting a home run, and you get to see it. And oftentimes, behind the hitter, you get to see the dugout of his team and their response. And you get to hear the crowd. And of course, this is especially good if it's the home crowd. And you get to hear that without any conversation, any discussion at all. Well, there was a shot like that in yesterday's game between the Phillies and the Padres. This is the audio and video, obviously you can't see the video, of Bryce Harper of Bryce Harper batting in the bottom of the eighth inning. At that time, the Phillies were down 3-2. to He comes up in the bottom of the eighth, 
and he hits a two-run home run, which gives the Phillies a 4-3 lead, and they would go on to win the game 4-3. But here is what it sounds like without anything but the audio from the ballpark. I think that is outstanding. I've loved watching and listening to that throughout the postseason. And I would be assured, I think, that it's going to continue into the World Series. So Harper hits that home run, sends the Phillies into the lead, and ultimately to win the series and into the World Series. And Bryce Harper was named National League Championship Series Most Valuable Player. After that game... Phillies fans took to the streets, and this is what they were chanting. We want Houston, they were saying. Well, the Houston game against the Yankees started later, but the Phillies fans are going to get what they wanted because later yesterday, or last night, the Houston Astros clinched the American League Championship Series. They want to to judge. Ground ball, weakly hit. Presley has it. Jumps part of the way in the first. Underhand, Sayuli inside. Starts spreading the news. The Houston Astros break out the grooves in the Bronx, and they're headed back to the World Series for the fourth time in six years. Your 2022 American League champions, Houston Astros. As you heard there, Fourth time going to the World Series in the past six seasons for the Astros. Their second consecutive World Series appearance. They lost last year to the Atlanta Braves in six games. Also, as you heard there, Aaron Judge made the final out. We'll get back to Aaron Judge here in just a moment. But in this game, Houston versus New York, like Bryce Harper, the MVP in the series in the National League, there was a huge home run hit in this game by the Astros player who was named the series MVP. Three and one. And he swings and lifts one in the air deep to left field. He'll watch it fly. Jeremy Pena. One swing of the bat. And the Astros tie it at three. Pena's third home run of the postseason. The wow factor is real with Jeremy Pena. It is definitely real with Jeremy Pena. Now, the Astros came back a couple of times in that game. That was the first time they were down 3 nothing to the Yankees when Pena hit that home run. And Pena, again, like Harper, hitting a big home run in the final game, was named the most valuable player in his series. Now, for all those Philly fans that were in the street chanting, We want Houston! We want Houston! Astros catcher Martin Maldonado has this for you. They asked for Houston, they got Houston. Now, I think Maldi was referring to the Yankees when he said that, but it's applicable to the Phillies as well. The Yankees wanted Houston, they got Houston. The Phillies wanted Houston, they got Houston. Of course, the difference is that if Maldi was referring to the Yankees, he was saying that after Houston eliminated the New York Yankees. There's a series yet to be played, a series that begins Friday, the World Series. 
Philadelphia will be in Houston for the best of seven series to crown the 2022 World Series champions. But because Friday is the beginning of the World Series, and you may be thinking, well, wait a second, this is only Monday. Well, remember, these series were quick. Astros winning in four, Phillies in five. So there had to be days scheduled in case games five, six, and seven were needed in the American League, six and seven in the National League. And so we don't have baseball until Friday. And then we have the World Series. We have the culmination of the season. But with four days without baseball, there is going to be plenty of time to speculate. Plenty of time to argue on social media. And that would be both about the upcoming World Series, fans and broadcasters talking about this or that or the other thing, but also about what's been happening outside of the postseason right now. What will happen in the offseason? All of these things will take center stage for the four days in which we don't have any baseball to watch. As it regards the World Series, Houston is going to be heavy favorites in this World Series. Now, a couple of months ago, probably in early August maybe, I said that I would not be surprised, or actually I might have said I think, that the Houston Astros could end up with the best record in Major League Baseball. They didn't. The Dodgers won 111 games. The Astros had the second best record with 106 wins. But even when the regular season ended, and that was the case, the Dodgers had the better record, I still thought that the best team in Major League Baseball was the Houston Astros. They're 7-0 in the postseason. They're dominating. Now, the series with Seattle was a lot closer than the series with with, uh, the Yankees, but nonetheless, they've been dominating. As a matter of fact, in October, and remember, this year, October had some regular season games. In October, the Astros are 11-1. Their only loss came toward the end of the regular season, on October 3rd, when they lost 3 to nothing, Their only loss, 11-1 in October. They lost that game on October 3rd to the Philadelphia Phillies. Now, the Astros advancing to the World Series, fourth time in six seasons, second time in a row, second consecutive season in a row. The manager of the Houston Astros, Dusty Baker, who is 73-plus, I think closer to 74 than 73, but 73-plus years old, is going to be the oldest manager ever to manage in the World Series. Previously, the oldest manager ever was Jack McKeon in 2003. He was a little bit over 72. It worked out well for him in 2003, and I'm hoping that it works out well for Dusty in 2022. I asked at the beginning, who are you taking? I have been rooting through this postseason the whole time for the Houston Astros. Well, technically, I'm rooting for Dusty Baker, and because he's the manager of the Houston Astros, I'm rooting for the Houston Astros. Now, I realize there are a lot of people who will not root for the Houston Astros, and they won't because of what took place in 2017. In one sense, I don't blame them. In another, I say, well, wait a second. They have a different manager, a different general manager. I think there's only maybe four players that are on the Astros Major League roster that were there in 2017. Let's let's move past it. Now, I agree that the whole thing in 2017 was handled poorly, that no player was punished, that the Astros didn't have the World Series championship stripped. Yeah, I agree. But let's move beyond that. That said, however, I know that there are a lot of people like me that are rooting for the Astros because of Dusty Baker. And there are plenty of people 
that believe, and I'm one of them, that Dusty Baker is undoubtedly, regardless of what happens in this World Series, a Hall of Fame manager. But there are other people whose opinions matter much more because they vote on whether or not Dusty Baker will be a Hall of Famer. And for some of those, winning a World Series would push them over the edge. I think there's probably enough that will be voting that say, regardless, if he never wins a World Series, he's a Hall of Famer. But if he does win a World Series, if the Astros beat the Phillies, I think that makes it a lock, a sure thing, that Bake becomes a Hall of Famer. Now, they're playing the Phillies. The question that I have with the Phillies is this. Well, let me say this, first of all. They've been thumping the ball. And they've had some very good pitching, in particular from Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola. But one thing that they've gotten away with thus far is some shoddy play on defense. When you play in the postseason, that usually costs you. So far, it hasn't. But either... Their defense has got to pick it up for the World Series, or I believe against the Houston Astros, it's going to be very costly for the Philadelphia Phillies. So those are the teams in the World Series. But what about the teams not in the World Series? Teams that were eliminated from the postseason or teams that never got to the postseason? Well, we have to start with the Yankees. They were swept by the Astros. Their season is over. They are now at a 13-year World Series drought. And in the clip, as I mentioned, it was Aaron Judge who made the last out. Is that the last at-bat that Aaron Judge ever has as a member of the New York Yankees? That's the question. A week or so ago, reports were that it was more likely that he returned than that he goes somewhere else. Has anything in the postseason changed that? from the Yankees' perspective, or from the perspective of Aaron Judge? Does the fact that he was getting booed by Yankees fans for having a couple game, maybe three or four game slump in the postseason, after all that he did in the regular season, not only setting the American League record for home runs in a single season, but for much of that season, carrying the team on his back, is that going to make a difference? Will Aaron Judge re-sign with the New York Yankees, or will he go elsewhere? That's something we're going to have to wait to see. How about the manager of the New York Yankees, Aaron Boone? Will he be back? How about Brian Cashman? Those three names are going to be major topics of conversation for the Yankees and Yankee fans and baseball fans. What about the Padres? Well, first of all, I think that Padres fans have to be very pleased with what San Diego did this year and in particular, in winning the series against the Los Angeles Dodgers. But last night and this morning, many people have been saying, what was Bob Melvin, the manager of the Padres, thinking? Now, Bob Melvin is a longtime baseball guy. He knows the game. He's been a very successful manager. But they're saying, what was he thinking? How is it possible that Josh Hader did not come in to face Bryce Harper in the eighth inning? The season is on the line. Hayter did not pitch at all in that series in Philadelphia. Why wasn't he facing Bryce Harper? The matchup that made most sense and that everybody in the baseball world wanted to see. Some people are asking why even pitch to Bryce Harper at all. And then there was also the bunt by Trent Grisham in the ninth inning. Runners on first and second, one out. 
Padres down by a run, again, win or they go home, why not pinch hit for Trent Grisham? If you don't pinch hit for him, why does he bunt? It was a lefty-lefty matchup. That's where they say maybe he should have been pinch hit for, but he bunts. And afterwards, Bob Melvin said that he had discussed it with Trent Grisham, and it was trying to bunt for a hit. Well, it didn't work out that way. He bunted. It was a 1-3 put out. The runners moved to second and third with two outs, but then the first pitch of the next at-bat, Austin Nolan hit the fly out to end the game and end the, the series and end the Padres' season. And while I think all of those questions are legitimate, some of the things I've been seeing are not, like fire Bob Melvin. Come on, give me a break. He may have made bad decisions, and again, we don't know what went into those decisions, but let's just say they were bad decisions, bad managerial decisions in a huge moment. You're not going to fire Bob Melvin. He is an outstanding manager. We're going to ask questions like, what has the postseason taught us about the importance of putting the ball in play? The Yankees had a tremendous amount of strikeouts. Can we say strikeouts don't really matter? An out is an out. Those conversations are going to be had, and they ought to be had. Are we going to say that that there's no benefit for a different approach at the plate, in particular when the game's on the line, whether that's regular season or postseason? These are questions to be discussed over the next four days and, of course, throughout the offseason. Then there are other things that have been going on in baseball that get some attention, but because it's the postseason, they, they kind of fly under the radar. But for the next four days with no games, I think they'll be brought to the forefront. The news came out in the past week that the Texas Rangers have hired Bruce Bochy to be their new manager. Gave him a three-year contract. Bochy, who is, I believe, also on his way to the Hall of Fame, winning three World Series with the Giants. The fans in that area are excited, and I think they ought to be. Will the Chicago White Sox, who are looking for a manager, will they rehire, bring back Ozzie Guillen? There's talk that that is a possibility. Who's going to manage the Royals and the Marlins? We might find that out in the next four days. We did find out, not surprisingly, that Terry Francona will be back to manage the Cleveland Guardians in 2023. Then we have the conversation, the bigger conversations, some of which will take place in the next four days. Some will begin and continue through the offseason. Questions like this. Is Major League Baseball, both on and off the field, heading in a good direction. What's wrong with the game? What changes to the game are essential? Why are some fans saying, I'm done, as it regards watching Major League Baseball, let alone attending a game? Why does questioning the narrative of our culture cost so much, even in Major League Baseball? Now, there's a friend of mine who responded to a tweet this past week. It was a tweet by one of the Major League Baseball teams that was a tweet about standing up versus bullying or against the bullying of the LGBTQ plus people. And he simply tweeted to that tweet, will you also stand up against the bullying of Christians and conservatives by the LGBTQ plus crowd? And he got hammered. Now, he's not involved in baseball. He's just a big baseball fan. He got hammered. How do we deal with that? Why does it, or why is it, that in any way to question the narrative, you don't even have to question it if you're not promoting it, 
why is it so cost, costly, even as a fan of Major League Baseball? What about somebody within the game, or at least that wants to get in the game? I know somebody that would like to get back into the game. He is definitely qualified to get back in the game in affiliated professional baseball. But I believe he's going to have a difficult time because he hasn't been vaccinated. And you say to me, what, are you kidding me? Given where we are now, that's going to be a problem? Well, based on some feedback that he's received, it might be a problem. What about people that are qualified to get jobs or to keep jobs, but they can't pass the HR background check? Again, they are not promoting the narrative. They have the audacity, like my friend who's not in the game, to question the narrative. And that makes me ask the question that I hope is discussed. I don't think it probably will too much on social media, but I hope is discussed, which is this. Are Christians willing to pay the price for not going along? Fans, players, coaches, managers, front office. Are Christians in those positions willing to be ridiculed, like a fan, my friend did, more than ridiculed actually, Are they willing not to get a job? Are they willing to lose their job because they refuse to go along with the narrative, which is to go against Christ? Now this morning, each morning after breakfast, uh, I read for my family from the entry for that day from Ligonier Ministries magazine, Table Talk. And in the Coram Dale, which means before the face of God, today's entry had this. We are to offer all that we are and all that we have to God. This means that we must bring our hearts, minds, wills, possessions, relationships, and everything else under the Lordship of Christ. In other words, we are to seek to use all these things for His glory alone. Everything else and all these things most definitely includes Christians in baseball. Christians in baseball from Little League to the major leagues. But that's a conversation for another day. Join us next time for In the Bullpen on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Thank you for listening.